Welcome to Backpack Digital, where we talk travel, minimalism, being a digital nomad, almost forgot that there, and the most important things in life, the real most important things in life, eh? Welcome. If you're in, oh man, I should have thought of some places, I can't talk today. If you're in Gibraltar, I don't know any cities in Gibraltar. Is there, are there cities in Gibraltar? I've been there, it's just like one place. If you're in Gibraltar, <laughs> if you are in... Kansas City, which, if I remember right, isn't in Kansas. Is that right? I would invite you to join me. I am, <laughs> I am in Seminyak, Bali, Indonesia. It's nice. You can probably hear the birds and lizards and whatnot. We have a variety of wildlife in this place. But I'll, I'll get onto that. And I imagine you, uh, <laughs> you probably want me to get onto one of the key topics, which is probably what I've labelled this episode about our motorcycle crash, but we'll get there. Yeah, I know, I'm teasing, we'll get there, we'll get there. Also, you may have noticed an advertisement at the start of this episode. That's right, that's right. Your boy Hayden Lee's got some advertising on the go. Uh, For those of you that don't like it, feel free to skip. That's fine. (laughs) But I appreciate you guys like allowing me to do that. I don't know why it feels like that, but it does. It feels like you guys are allowing me to have advertisements on there because like, you understand. Do you know what I mean? So... Let me know if it annoys you too much, and I probably won't take it off. But, you know, I'll know that you're annoyed, which is fine. <laughs> right, then, last time I talked to you, I, it's been a while. I, I've, come on, genuine excuse this time. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, last time I talked to you, I was in Hue. We were in Hue. Me and Kat were in Hue, which is in kind of, I don't know, it's like midway through Vietnam, doing the old bike trip through Vietnam. Ow. Sorry, my knee still hurts. Uh, we'll get on to that. So we were in Hue. Hue was nice. We left Hue. And obviously between Hue and... Stop saying Hue. Uh, and the south of Hue, uh, you've got the High Van Pass, which is one of the two, uh, in my opinion, best riding roads or stretches in Vietnam. If you're doing a bike trip through Vietnam, which we will talk about, I'm just going to close this door. If, we, if you're doing a bike trip in Vietnam, I would suggest do the High Van Pass and then do the other road between Nha Trang and Dalat. Those two roads are just, they're so good. I mean, obviously they're nothing compared to the Transvagaration in uh, Romania, which is the best road in the world. It really is. It's fantastic. Look that up. If you guys are riders or, or anything like that, just look up Transvagaration. <laughs> good luck. And it's uh, trans, as in trans, uh, G-A, trans, F-A, L-R-A-S-A-N. <laughs> Look it up. It's amazing. I did it like, it's, man, it's weird. I keep on talking about my trip through Europe on the bike. And it's like two years, I have to say, yeah, two years ago I did this trip. What? Two years, what? It <laughs> doesn't make any sense, man. Crazy. Well, I think two years I started. It did take a year. So anyway, I did the high van pass and that was nice because we met some people. Like there was this, this is one bit in the middle where you kind of congregate and there's, it's a good photo opportunity basically. And there's a bunch of people there just like that are doing this trip, you know. And it's just nice to to meet people that are also biking, but it's also horrible meeting people that are biking in shorts and a t-shirt. Oh, it kills me every time, man. I can't do it. Honestly, if you guys are biking, please, please let me know that you are wearing proper gear. <laughs> we'll get onto it. It's important later on. <laughs> right, we, we then arrived at Hoi An. Right? I'm getting straight into it because I want to get to the good stuff. We then went to Hoi An, 
and everyone loves Hoi An. Hoi An's nice. It's like, it's that place where you can get anything made, any clothes made. They use any material you want, you know, cashmere or anything like that. And Kat actually had two things made. She had a dress, which is nice and blue, and a, and a skirt, which is long, and I don't really understand. It's like, you know when you see old pictures of like, uh, like uh, in, in England, it would be old pictures from like, not the Middle Ages, but like, when they had blacksmiths, when was that? Iron Age? Blacksmiths? Iron? That's what, what I'm going with. Uh, yeah, anyway. <laughs> and like for Americans, it's like the start of your country. Like, you know, the skirts, really long skirts. Okay, imagine someone Amish. That's the skirt. I still don't get it, but apparently it's a thing. There we go. She knows style, I don't, I, you know. So I go with it. <laughs> anyway, Hoi An. Uh, it's nice. It's nice. It's got an interesting history, which I wish I knew uh, or could remember. <laughs> Worst travel podcast ever. <laughs> and what else? It's, it's one of those places which is kind of like, it's a lot, it's like a lot of places here. By here, I mean Southeast Asia and maybe the world. So as an example, four or five years ago, I was here. I'm in Bali right now. I was in Bali four or five years ago and there was this, this beach called the Secret Beach. And it was called so because it was relatively secret. We went there, we camped out on the beach. It was like, there's no one there. You have to go through this forest full of monkeys and that. And, uh, and it's just a secret beach. And it was amazing. No one there. Now, <laughs> I uh, tried to Google it and was successful, which made me sad. And now everyone knows about the beach. And they still call it the Secret Beach. Don't know why. But it's like they've got... It's tourists now. They've got tourists there. And it's a secret beach. And they do the walk down the mountain, which used to be perilous. But now it's like, you know, fine. I don't know, man. It's, it's kind of cool because like, otherwise the vast majority of people wouldn't go to these places, which I guess is good because it's then broadening their minds and broadening their horizons, allowing them to think more, etc. We all know what travel does. But it also, there's also that thing, you know what I mean? It's like, it's, does it spoil it? There's a question. Does it spoil it? Like imagine, we're in Bali right now, as I said, and imagine, uh, let's see, Kuta, with no people. That would be great. <laughs> maybe it's a, nah, that's, maybe that's a different thing because Kuta's like the Australian party kind of central, you know, so that's a different thing. But like, think of somewhere that's like tourists. Uh, so uh, what's it called? Machu Picchu, never been. Will do one day, but can you imagine going to Machu Picchu? I know a lot of you have been there, right? Can you imagine going to Machu Picchu with no one there? And like pre-tourism to Machu Picchu. You know what I'm saying? Like, can you imagine that? But is that just being, uh, what's the word? Selfish? Is that just being selfish? Is it just wanting, wanting that experience just for yourself? Or does the added tourism ruin it a bit? Or, much like some say hunting is like this, does it, uh, does it kind of facilitate the saving of it? You know? Like Machu Picchu is never going to be kind of bulldozed <laughs> because they make so much money off it. So does it preserve it? There's a question. Anyway, so Hoi An is a lot like that. You know, you're walking down the street and I, I, I continually say, I want to make this T-shirt that just says, nothing, I want nothing. Right? <laughs> it's a quote from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas when he's on something. He goes, nothing, I want nothing. Uh, yeah, I just want that. <laughs> we were in, uh, I'm getting ahead of myself, but we were in, um, or I was in, uh, the market, Bentan Market. Is it Bentan? In Ho Chi Minh. And, uh, and I had my AirPods in. Yeah, I'm that guy. I had my AirPods in talking to someone on the phone. As I'm talking, like it's my turn to talk. As I'm talking, 
people are saying, hey, hey, you, do you want this? Do you want this? And I'm, I'm like, they're trying to speak louder than I am so that I will then hear them and go, oh, actually, yeah, now that you mention it, I was in a conversation, but you, you're right, I've forgotten that, yes, I do want a uh, Gucci T-shirt. But, <laughs> but also then, on the other side, I understand it's their livelihood, it's their job, that's what they do. The system must work. Like them saying, hey, come over here and buy this. That must work for them to continue doing it, so I understand. Anyway. <laughs> So yeah, Hoi An's nice. And in Hoi An, I've got the bike ready to sell. This is just all teasing up this moment, man. So I've got a bike ready to sell. Cleaned her up. Took some awesome pictures. Pro, uh, what's it called? Portrait mode. Oh, so nice. Nicest pictures. And this is what I'd recommend. If you're doing a bo- uh, bike trip in Vietnam, buy the bike in the north or the south, wherever you start. And then halfway through, take some nice pictures, you know, and on the way, fix it up so that everything on it is fixed, right? And then when you get to the final, uh, when you get to your destination, sell it. That's what I was doing, right? That's the plan. <laughs> and so I had all the pictures taken. I wrote up the, the thing, you know. We bought it for five and a half million, which is not much. We bought it for five and a half million. We were going to sell it for seven million, which I know sounds like I'm swindling some people, right? However, uh, the condition of it and everything that's fixed after, like, it's it's worth that after I've got my hands on it, you know? Everything is fixed. Stuff that's broken before is now fixed. It's a better bike. It's worth $7 million. That was my point. And also, it, it came with our, uh, our helmets, our gloves, uh, everything like that, you know? So, anyway. <laughs> so that's what I'd recommend doing that. So we did that. Then we left. And then we got to a place that I can't pronounce. Uh, Q-U-Y-N-H-O-N. I want to say Queen but I know it's not. And I know that the Q is like a... Like a so Hui Nyon, potentially, something like that. We were there and we had to haul up for a few days because we were in Hoi An and uh, this woman said, yeah, big storm coming. <laughs> we're in the wet season, uh, big storm coming. I was like, all right. But then we, we were having a look at the map and stuff and we we're like, we can make it, we can make it. So we went to this place and then the storm hit. Man, it was crazy. Oh, dear me, it was crazy. <laughs> it was like... Uh, uh, she goes, uh, I did an Instagram story on it, actually. Uh, I'm just there chilling, doing some work. And then Kat goes, um, uh, there's a tree in the floor. <laughs> and I look over the balcony. Yeah, that's right, we had a balcony. I look over the balcony, and there was a tree uh, on the ground. There was a tree uh, on the road, and they were all cutting it up with chainsaws and removing it from the, from the road. Absolutely mental, the storm was. Absolutely crazy. But fun to watch. It's nice to watch a storm from a balcony, you know? <laughs> there's got to be a metaphor in there somewhere watching a storm from a balcony <laughs> but right and then okay get this uh, we then was that then or was that the next day no that was the next uh, was it no that was the next day okay after that we went to a place called Ninhoa don't know how to say it and this is basically just north of Nha Trang because we were like right we want to make it to Nha Trang which I've been there before and I don't really like it you know it's like a big kind of it's the epitome of tourists basically Trang is for me anyway that's what I felt last time and so we were like well let's stop an hour north no was this no this was the trip yeah I was like let's stop an hour north and let's go to this place that's like not a city and we can go and try and find something nice right and we rode through a metaphor right (laughs) so what I mean is we were we were riding and it was like is it gonna rain if it does, how long, you know? Oh, in fact, no, this is the other one. Okay, just as we... <laughs> just as we, It's a long time ago. Just as we set off, right? 
We were just rounding this corner, going into the mountains. And then it just suddenly started raining. We we're like, oh, no. And there was this guy biking in front of us. And uh, there was this big kind of, uh, kind of open barn, I suppose. Not a barn, but it looked like an open barn. And, uh, and we you know, went into there and hid <laughs> from the rain. And this, uh, this bloke, he, he, you know, he got off a bike and he was, he was a tourist. I was like, oh, let's chat to this guy. So we started chatting to him. And um, he's a Ukrainian guy, right? And got bad vibe, man. Like, you know, people have vibes and stuff. Not in, a, in an esoteric way, just in a... People have vibes, you know. Some of the stuff he was saying. He loved China. He lived in China for a bit, you see, this bloke. And uh, he was only, I don't know, 25, something like that. And he was wearing shorts while riding, so that initially kind of, you know. And, uh, and he was saying about Vietnam, and he was like, ah, nah, I don't like it. We were like, what? Because <laughs> we love Vietnam. He's like, nah, I don't like it. Well, what, uh, what do you mean? He goes, well, the traffic is crazy. I was like, well, no, the, the traffic is how the traffic is. If you ride the same way that they ride, then it makes complete sense and it works and it's absolutely fine. I realized the uh, the irony. Um, <laughs> um, he's like, yeah, traffic's crazy. The, you know, the the food sucks. I'm like, well, the food is what they like to eat. It's what they have available to. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? It's like there's a lot of things things wrong with Vietnam in his point of view. And he was like, yeah, and the people they're just okay. Here we go. What's he gonna say? He goes, they're just stupid. <laughs> like, okay, right. Hold on, son. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in Vietnam is this, or just a select? Like, how are you coming to this conclusion here? He goes, well, the people in China, they're just they're smart, they're, they're go-getting. The Vietnamese are just lazy and stupid. I was like, that's, that's, a, that's a big statement there. And, <laughs> and like, see, when it comes to things like that, like one half of me obviously wants to go, well, these are the reasons why the thing that you've just said makes no sense. Number one. <laughs> you know, part of me wants to do that. And then but the a bigger part of me just goes, whatever I say, it's not going to change his mind. It's not going to help anything. Do you know what I mean? Like, kind of, what's the point? It's just going to ruin my day, potentially ruin his day. Let's just not agree with him, obviously. But like, you know, just like, well, you see it that way, I see it a different way. You know? Fair play. Not fair play. What's the, what's the phrase? Uh, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. You see it that way, I see it a different way. Anyway. And then he was saying about um, the one redeeming feature of Vietnam is how cheap the prostitutes were. So this is what I'm saying about a bad vibe, man. You know, you know what I mean? All right. <laughs> anyway, so uh, he, uh, <laughs> he goes off on his, on his bike with his shorts on. Ah, stop it. <laughs> so anyway, that was all right. Anyway, and then we go through this metaphor. We ride through this metaphor. So we were riding again. The, the rain has stopped. And... We were going around, and we were going through the mountains. Really nice ride, really nice ride. And the rain started again, right? We still had our, our wet gear on, just in case. And the rain started, and I was like, nah, it's going to pass. I can feel it. It's going to pass. I know it's going to pass, you know? Because you can tell. As a biker, you can tell. Like, do you, do you keep riding for 10 minutes, and it's probably going to stop, or do you pull over and wait, you know? And I was like, nah, this is, I know this one is going to stop. And, uh, and about 10 minutes in... We, we like go over this hill, this mountain, and in the distance is just the bluest sky you've ever seen. The sun rays coming through, you know, and just the bluest sky. And above us is just this big black cloud, man. And it was just raining so hard. And it was such a... I remember thinking it at the exact time. It was such a metaphor, man. We were like, we've got to keep riding 
through this big storm in order to get to the promised land, man. If we stop and we take a break, yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna have like you know ten minutes of of dryness and we'll dry off a little bit, but then we gotta get straight back into the rain. You know, we could wait for it to go over, or we could plow on through. We could really give it our all. And yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks right now. You know, and it's not fun, and we're not enjoying doing it. We're not enjoying riding in the rain, but we can see we can see that. Right, and it made me think about. Obviously, the the analogy, the metaphor is clear, and it made me think about what if we couldn't see that blue sky, right? Like I had a thought that it was just a passing thing, but what if we couldn't see that? What if we couldn't see the the sky ahead? There was just mountains ahead, and we couldn't see what the you know, if it was dry or not. Would we still have gone on? How would we have known that the rain was going to stop? But then I thought, <laughs> we wouldn't know that the rain was going to stop, obviously, but we would know. That we would eventually make it to our destination, right? So that is. It, do you see what I'm saying with this <laughs> with this metaphor, right? It's like, yeah, if you can't see the finish line and you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, right? Do you keep going? I would say the majority of the time, yes. With some, what's the word? Begins with the C. Caveats. With some caveats. If we were to continue, um, again, I'm speaking metaphorically, if we were to continue to riding in the rain, continue to ride, I'm, I'm speaking like cat does. <laughs> if we continue to ride in the rain, that gets more and more dangerous, right? That takes more and more of a toll on us, right? So what do we do? What is the best situation? What is the best thing to do in that situation? Do you plow on? Do you kill yourself trying to plow on? Or do you take, uh, let's say, a 15-minute ride and then have a one-minute break just to stretch a bit and just to, yeah, we made that 15 minutes. Yeah, we did it. That 15 minutes is behind us. It's gone. We've done it. And then boom, another 15 minutes. Yes, we've done it. It's behind us. I think that is the way to do it. And you can obviously see where this metaphor is going. I think that's the way to do anything. If you can't see the finish line, if you can't see where you're going, you're just saving money because you're trying to travel and you don't know really how much money you need and you don't know when it's going to end and then what happens if this job falls through and stuff. You've just got to take those little wins along the way so that, that you then continue riding through the rain so that one day you will get to that sun. And that is exactly what happened. We got to the sun. It was great. Anyway. So then we got to Ninhoa. It was this place, uh, you know, I remember, uh, an hour above Nyachang. And it was middle of nowhere. Oh, man. Right on the coast, kind of, but like the middle of nowhere. And we got there, we checked into this little, uh, not really a hotel, but kind of. And we walked out to try and get some food. And we were walking towards the coast. And this guy just pops out. And he goes, ah, oh, are you going over there to get some food, like? <laughs> he didn't have a strong English accent. And we were like, yeah, 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 we're going to go find some food. He goes, no, 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 no. He goes, if you go there, it's all just ridiculously overpriced seafood. You don't want any of that stuff. I'm just going to check if this is still recording. Yes, it is. I always have to check that. Uh, yeah, he goes, you don't want any of that stuff. It's overpriced, right? He goes, come with me. Get on your bike. Follow me. Don't worry about it. And we were like, okay. It was dark by this point. Right? We are like, yeah, no worries. So we got on a bike <laughs> and we followed him and he went down this dirt path. We are like, okay. <laughs> And then we find ourselves, after 15 minutes of riding, we find ourselves going down this path that's like, you could probably just about get two, bi two bikes to fit on this path, you know? And on the one side is water full of frogs, and on the other side is water full of frogs. And it was really cool, because the frogs were so loud, man, so loud. We were just, we, like, 
just frogs, man. <laughs> like if, if I swerved a little bit, we're in with the frogs, you know? So super cool. And he eventually took us to this, uh, I guess you'd say restaurant, I suppose. And oh, man, it's just the nicest. Like, uh, what do we have? Beef. Oh, I had beef that we cooked on the table. Not on the table, but they'd bring a thing around. You cook it right in front of you, you know? Ah, oh, it was so nice. And that guy drank so much. He had like two or three beers with the meal. And then we went back. He's like, do you want some more beer? And then the morning after, he's like, hey, guys, you want a beer? Because <laughs> we found out he had free... He worked at the hotel and he got free beer from the hotel. So he was a raging alcoholic. <laughs> but that was another one of the things of, do we follow this strange man? <laughs> like, he's taking us down this dirt path. Do we continue, you know? And we did. And it totally paid off. And then the next morning... Right, there were these two other blokes. They lived there, right, and they were, I don't know, maybe in their fifties, I suppose, late fifties, maybe, uh, Dutch and Danish, I believe. And got me thinking, man. It got me thinking about my past thoughts, which is always a good thing to do, you know, see how much you've grown and stuff like that. And this one guy was saying he was because we were talking about like wives and stuff. This one guy had a uh, Vietnamese wife, and you know, all stuff. And we were like, oh, what about you, mate? What's going on? And he goes, ah, no, no wife, uh, no kids. He goes, uh, no, I'm totally free, totally free. And in the past, I could have imagined myself saying that because I've said it before in this, at, in this podcast, actually. My number one thing is freedom. That was for years. That was it. What was the most important thing in life? Freedom. And I do kind of still agree with that when it comes to like work. I don't want to have to go to a job and have someone else dictate my time. So yeah, that side of it, I still agree with myself on. But the question after, and I've said this before as well, the question after, after you say freedom is freedom from what or freedom to do what, you know? I didn't ask, obviously, but like the answer was clear. He was sitting and drinking with these, these two guys, also all alcoholics, obviously. And that was kind of, that was, that was the night and that was the day. And it's like, yeah, I kind of get it, like hanging loose. But do you know what I mean? I don't know what I'm trying to say. But it's like, I've been through this a lot before, actually. Responsibility and freedom and stuff like that. And life is about responsibility and the meaning of life is responsibility, probably, technically, maybe, who knows. But like, I don't think freedom is, is I, obviously it's important, but I don't think it's all that matters. It's freedom to do what is the question. What are you doing with your freedom is the thing. And is not having a wife so much freedom, really? Is not having a husband so much freedom? Is not having a family freedom? Or are there benefits of having husbands, wives, children and families? I suspect that probably they are, being as we're kind of uh, naturally designed to crave that, you know? So... That just got me thinking, man. I don't know. I haven't really thought about it enough to, to form coherent sentences. So maybe, maybe don't talk about it on a podcast. I don't know. <laughs> right. Nha Trang. Went to Nha Trang and yeah, I'm not a big fan of Nha Trang. You know, it's one of those places, you know. And that's where I, uh, I fixed up the bike. So we'd already taken the pictures. We'd done stuff like that. And I, I fixed it up, you know. I was like, right, I want to get, I wanna get the, the horn louder because you need a loud horn in Vietnam. I want to get the turn signals because they make a noise in Vietnam. I want to get that super loud. I want to make sure that the speedo's working because that's a common fault. I want to just fix everything. I wanna, there was an air filter thing. I cleaned out the air And uh, yeah, fixed everything. The bike was perfect. <laughs> the bike was perfect, man. Filled it up with fuel and everything, right? And we're there. 
<laughs> we we then booked a lakeside. We were like, yeah, let's let's do something special in Dalat. Dalat's a nice place. The road from Nyatrang to Dalat is super nice. Let's book a nice place. So we got a lakeside place, right? Really looking forward to it. All my work was done. It was like, you know when you know when everything just is done. It's like, what's that comedian? English comedian. Um, James Acaster, he said, when you go to sleep at night, he goes, there's just no more jobs in it. Like, <laughs> he said, uh, something like he calls sleeping, no more jobs. When you go to bed, it's like, right, no more jobs, turn the light off. And that's, that's what I was like. It's like, yeah, it's nothing left to do. The, we, we just cleaned all our clothes, they were all washed. So a, a bag full of clean clothes. Uh, what else? The bike was absolutely perfect, full of fuel, right? We already had our place booked. We got a lovely, lovely mountain ride ahead of us. And out we go. I have now set the scene. <laughs> okay, we stop off at this place. We have a little bit of a coffee, right? And then we're just about to go into the mountains. We go, yeah, this, oh, this next ride is going to be so, <laughs> so nice. All right. Now let me break this down. This is the bike crash. Okay. So let me try and remember this. <laughs> we're riding along. It's like I'm talking to the police again. Okay, we're, <laughs> we're riding along. And there's a bloke... Now, to preface this, I've prefaced it enough, I know, but to preface this, I've been riding for many, many years. Many, many years. I, I've, if some of you don't know, I am the first person to ever ride through all 42 countries in mainland Europe in the one trip, right? I've done a lot of riding, I know what I'm doing. I've been through Vietnam already, right? Anyway. <laughs> it really is like talking to the police. Again. So, riding. The guy is, let's say, he's like... 11, 11 o'clock, 11.30, if you're looking at a clock face, you know, in front of us. And uh, we're, you know, riding a correct speed, okay? And he, he veers to the left as in, and slows down, as in, I'm going to turn left now, right? So we, I, obviously, I slow down a bit, and, <laughs> and then we go to his right, like quite a lot to the right. So he's now, uh, let's say, 10 o'clock, Okay. He decides, oh, no, wait, I don't want to go left, I want to go right. <laughs> he, he veers, 90-degree turn, whew, straight to the right. We break as much as possible. We collide, right? It's like a T-bone, I think it's called. Uh, so he's, he's 90 degrees to us, perpendicular to us, right? Okay, let's see what I can remember. Uh, we go into him, my left side immediately goes into him, right? Uh, he goes down, okay, due to the force of us. We go over him, okay? <laughs> we go over him. Kat uh, has fashioned herself into a backpack, okay? She is now, she is now clamped onto my back, okay? <laughs> uh, we go over him, uh, and then I'm trying, to, I'm trying to reenact as I'm doing this. And then I, uh, I break our fall with my whole left side, okay? Ooh, that was my shoulder hurting still. So all my, all my arm and then ribs, straight on the ribs is where we, where, where we landed. And then on the left, left leg, right? We then, uh, what's the word, slid along the road quite a long way. Like, I remember thinking, this is quite a long slide. Uh, <laughs> okay, so we're sliding. Uh, let me think. Uh, let me think. What can I remember? What I can remember? Okay. As we're sliding, I'm thinking. I'm already making a checklist in my head. Number one, 
check that I can still breathe properly because sometimes when you hit the ground, you get winded and you need to get that taken care of before you can do anything, okay? Check that I can still breathe properly. That was first on my list. Second, and then while I was making this list, it was time to go to action. So I was like, okay, I know, <laughs> I know bullet point number one. So I did that. Yeah, I can breathe. Okay, cool. And then uh, I remember crawling towards Kat, who is now just ahead of me, and then saying, are you okay? All right, no answer. Are you okay? And didn't move her, obviously. Said it again, are you okay? maybe five times, right? Until she answered, right? She was, she was shocked, at the, in shock at the time. So that's why she wasn't answering. But I just wanted to continue saying until I got an answer, you know? Because whether the answer is yes or no, you still need that answer, right? So I was like, you okay, you okay? And then she goes, yes. I was like, okay, cool. That means she can breathe. She's not freaking out. Nothing, she, she's okay, right? And... Uh, so it turned out what had happened was, <laughs> this is the funny part, uh, she uh, kind of used me as a toboggan, right? Uh, <laughs> as a bobsled, if you will, right? It was, like, uh, it was like bodyboarding. You know bodyboarding when you get the board and you lie on it uh, on your, with your chest and then you swim along the sea? It was like that, but the sea was the ground and the board was me, right? So she... <laughs> absolutely unharmed <laughs> so i got obviously her way on top of me onto the ground sliding along not fun All right and then and then uh you know the bike was over to our right i say you okay you okay you know she's all right and then uh and then i stand up realize that my knee is absolutely knackered but i'm not thinking about that at, at that moment i'm like are you okay i'm checking her over i'm checking her hands i'm checking everything seeing seeing if everything's okay and then uh, I keep a helmet on, obviously, because that's what you're supposed to do with motorcycle crashes. It's my first crash, by the way. And then, uh, and she goes, yeah. And then she, then she sits up, so she's okay, you know. And she goes, ah, oh, uh, I think my my leg hurts a bit. I'm like, all right. And then I do the single coolest thing. <laughs> Serious man points. Now I, I earn. I tell you what, I have banked a lot of man points during this uh, during this escapade. So. Um, so she's there. She goes, yeah, my leg hurts a bit. And she, she's wearing jeans because you've got to wear jeans when you're biking, right? Don't wear shorts. She's wearing jeans and uh, she goes, oh, my leg hurts a bit. I was like, all right, we need to check it out. Put it there. And then I said, oh, so cool. And then I say to her, right, I'm going to rip your jeans. Is that all right? She goes, yeah. And then I just go like that from the, from the ankle up. Just rip it. That's the sound of uh, ripped jeans. And then we look at her leg. It's okay. It's okay. It's not bad. And then while I'm doing that, she sees my knee because my jeans have melted away on the knee. Uh, and also my knee had also melted away. Right? <laughs> so she looks at my knee and she goes, oh, no. I'm like, oh, don't say that because I haven't seen it yet. you know. Because all this time I'm thinking I need to tend to her whilst I still have the adrenaline so that if something is broken, I can still help. you know. So, um, so yeah, we're doing that. And then she looks over at the bloke the bloke's just on his side, kind of fetal position, like not, not looking good. And she's like, oh, the bloke, the bloke. I'm like, don't worry about the bloke right now. We need to check that you're okay, you know. And then, then what happened? And then suddenly, I mean, out of nowhere, maybe we were down there for a long time, but I don't know. Suddenly out of nowhere, there's maybe 50 people, 50 people around, man. And they're all just standing around and, you know, doing what people do when someone's at a crash, you know, and they're tending to the bloke and stuff like that. And then um, we have a first aid kit 
because we're smart people. <laughs> and uh, we get the first aid kit out. And for some reason, I put a plaster on my finger. <laughs> I remember my finger really hurts. It's still proper, not good. But I put a plaster on my finger. I remember just looking at it afterwards, like, why did I do that at the scene? Like, this is not a big injury. And I look at my, um, my knee. And I tell you what, some of you have seen it on my Instagram. I, I put up a story and said, if you want to see my gory knee, then let me know. And also, if you do want to see my gory knee, let me know. Instagram, at Backpack Digital. Let me know, I'll send it through. It's like, uh, uh, imagine you had a, uh, imagine you had a, an ice cream scoop, right? <laughs> uh, but it was like, but it could, it was made out of the same stuff that a lightsaber is made out of, kyber crystals, if we're going to be technical. Uh, so, yeah, and it can just go straight through the, you know, skin and muscle and stuff like that. And then imagine just scooping from the knee, just once, just the one scoop, right? That's what my knee looked like. <laughs> it was bleeding everywhere, right? And so I, I, we got bandages and we bandage it up, you know. And I'm there, I'm like, ah, starting to hurt now. <laughs> and then, uh, they get the bloke up, you know, and uh, then before we know it, there's an ambulance on the scene. We're like, hey, up, ambulance, no way. And so we get, they're like, do you want to go in the ambulance? I'm like, well, I can't really. And then that was the thing as well. Uh, some, uh, I wanted to take a picture of my knee just because it's always handy to have a picture on the scene so that doctors know what they're doing, right? And so I took a picture of that because uh, I said to Kat, I said, where's the phone? No, no, that's not what happened. A bloke came up to Kat and he said, have you got your phone? She goes, oh, no, no, we don't have a phone. Because it was our GPS, you know. And, uh, and he goes, get your phone, otherwise someone's going to rob it. And she was like, oh, good point. And so she got the phone, and then that's when I took a picture of my name. And then uh, we got most of our stuff together. Uh, we got my bag, we got her suitcase, we got everything. We thought we had everything. <laughs> we'll come back to that. And then, uh, and then we got in the ambulance, okay? So we're in the ambulance, and adrenaline is wearing off. My knee is really starting to hurt. And it is super hot in this ambulance. And there's a guy, not in a good way, just lying next to me. I'm thinking, oh, man, this is... I've got to, got to keep strong here. This is one of those times, isn't it, you know? Where it's like you've got to... This is me riding through the, uh, through the rain, isn't it? I've just got to keep strong now. It's this ambulance ride that seemed to take forever. Uh, we'll be over soon, you know? It was a horrible ride, you know? And uh, just the pain setting in and everything like that. Anyway, got to the hospital, and they were, I didn't know this at the time until afterwards, but we'd gone back to Nyatrang. I thought we were at some random other city, but all the riding that we did that morning negated because we were back in Nyatrang. Like, we could see the hostel that we stayed in the night before from the hospital. <laughs> so anyway, so we are going to the hospital, and they put me down. Ah, ooh. God damn that hurt. Oh, why? Oh, I oh, just stubbed my toe. Ah, but it's not even that. Because of that, my leg bent. Ooh, that's the leg that I'm now talking about, the knee that's now still bandaged up. And I'll get to it. It's, it's way worse. Uh, oh, and I just bent that almost fully. That is not good. God damn that hurt. Oh, I don't even remember what I was saying. Oh, man. That sucked a lot. I've got to stop pacing. Okay. Oh, man. Okay, where was I? <laughs> man, that hurt. Right, uh, what was I saying? 
Netrang Hospital. Yeah, they put me on a bed. That was it. Oh, I'm still, still walking around. <sighs> okay, put me on a bed. And then the guy, he takes off the bandage. <laughs> it always happens. He takes off the bandage. He goes, ooh. I was like, don't say that. Come on. All right. <laughs> and so he goes, all right, uh, I'm going to give you some, some uh, what's it called, uh, painkillers and, uh, and a tetanus jab. I was like, yeah, do it. So we did that. I'm there. I'm waiting, right? And then they go, right, um, it's uh, surgery time. I'm like, all right, sound. So I go into, this is other bloke comes, and he's, he means business, right? Surgeon bloke. And he goes, yeah, come in. And then uh, I walk into the surgery room, and uh, Kat tries to walk in. He goes, no, stay out. And he locks the door. <laughs> okay, yep, what's going on here? He goes, right, get on there. So I get on this thing, this bed-like, and he starts preparing his stuff. You know, making his little tray of things he's going to need. You know, the horrible tray, and uh, and I can see him, you know, preparing all this stuff, all this stuff to clean the wound, which I am not looking forward to. Oh man! And uh, this is deep. Like you could see, Cat loved it because she loves like all inside the human body and stuff. And like when I move my leg, you could see the muscles move. So cool, right? <laughs> and uh, I could see him preparing his stuff, and. Uh, and I noticed that he wasn't preparing any anesthetic. <laughs> this is where some more man points were banked. Uh, <laughs> before I could say anything, he goes, right, okay, I'm going to clean it now. He, in fact, he didn't even say anything. He just gets his thing and he just starts cleaning it, just starts, just throws in all this, this whatever, antiseptic, I don't know, and just starts dabbing, not even dabbing, rubbing, just all inside my muscle. Oh, God, hideous it was hideous right. gets worse uh, he then gets uh, all his tools right? all his tools of the trade and just proceeds to give me a few stitches on the inside just stitching that all back together pulling it and like and clamping it and then stitching it all together all of this just no anesthetic just completely raw in a cold cold room oh it was hideous. I'm just so glad he didn't speak English. I was not saying nice things. <laughs> it was not fun. It was not fun. It's like, have you ever seen programs about like, uh, people giving birth and like, you hear outside of the, <laughs> of the room and it's like, Rah! and then the expecting mothers like, walk into the hospital like, oh dear, that's going to be me soon. I, like, I didn't want to be that for someone else really, like waiting for the surgery, but <laughs> horrible. And then I had three x-rays. Um, okay, uh, on my ribs and, and my leg and everything like that. And so all of my ribs on the left-hand side, all completely bruised, um, which sucked. Good job they weren't broken, but all bruised. And, uh, and then what else? My rotator cuff on my left side. So, ooh, still can't lift my arm above my head. But I'm trying not to think about that. I'm just hoping it'll kind of fix itself. It'll be all right. Uh, I've got a big thing on my left side, my left hip, where, where I slid. What else? I'm sure there's other stuff. I don't know. But yeah, basically, fine. Okay. We leave the hospital. <laughs> and then we spend a few days there resting up, resting up. And then, uh, <laughs> meanwhile, we remember, oh dear, where are our passports? Turns out the only thing we did leave in the bike was her other bag, her day pack, which had our passports in, that was underneath the seat in, in the bike so like okay right we need to find, his, find out where the bike is 
and get those passports before we can do anything. So we find out where the bike is. Turns out it's at the uh, police station near the crash. So you're talking like a 20, 25-minute taxi. So we got a taxi there. We go there. And they said, yeah, you can't have your passports. <laughs> oh, come on, mate. He said, you can't have your passports because there's obviously an investigation still going on. I said, nah, it's investigated, mate. We all know what happened, you know. <laughs> obviously, the cops don't accept that. But, um, yeah, they wouldn't give us our passports back so that we could leave. And then that was a big back and forth between, uh, like, yeah, we need to leave tomorrow. And I was saying, yeah, we've got a flight booked. You know, it costs this much. So who's going to pay for that? And <laughs> this is the thing as well. Cat always tries to help in these situations, which I know is from a good place, but never actually helps. Like, for example, uh, this is uh, throwing into the future for an ex- example of what I mean. Uh, I, when when uh, flying from Trang to Ho Chi Minh, which is what we did, uh, I wanted to get a super nice seat, right? Because my leg couldn't bend. Like, I can't bend my leg, uh, my left leg. So I was, I was going to, you know, maybe, a, maybe a, what's it called, exit seat or maybe a front row, maybe something super nice. And I go to the woman, I said, when we're checking in, I said, all right, love, uh, my, I can't bend my knee. So any chance of getting like a you know, like a, like a good seat, like, and then Kat goes, because she's always trying to help, she goes, yeah, you know, like an aisle seat, you know, if we can get an aisle seat, then that'll be all right, and she goes, yeah, no worries, you can have an aisle seat, I'm like, oh. <laughs> and uh, that's what I mean by trying to help, anyway, so, um, what was my point again, uh, I can't remember where, where I was with that, where I got that from, but yeah, she was trying to help with something, but what was that, I don't know, oh wait, no, I almost had it, Almost had it. Um, oh, yeah, that was it. Nope. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Worst podcast ever. So uh, we're there bartering with the bloke, you know. I'm like, look, I've got a, a flight here. We need to leave by this date and stuff like that. And, oh, yeah, that was it. Because she was like, nah, let's leave it. Let's just come back tomorrow. Come back. Because he said we've got to come back on Monday. And this was like Friday or Saturday or something. I was like, nah, I'm not waiting until Monday, you know. And so I, I was talking to the bloke. I was like, look, we've spent this much on a flight who's going to pay for that? And he goes, we were using Google Translate for this whole thing. And he goes, not our problem. And I said, uh, I, with the Google Translate, I, I was just carrying on the conversation. I was like, also not my problem. Who's going to pay for that? And just carrying it on. I, well, I wasn't trying to be horrible, but I, you know what I mean? You, sometimes you've got to be, uh, not forceful, but you know. Anyway, so, oh, what was that? That was a leaf. I thought it was a creature. Uh, right. And then eventually he's like, okay, we'll get this sorted today. All right. And then someone from the family was there, the family of the bloke that we hit. And the bloke, turns out he wasn't doing so well, right? Because he hit his head because he was wearing one of those terrible helmets. That I don't know why they wear them, right? I've said this before, man. I said it in the last episode, man. So he's wearing one of those, so he didn't come off too great. And his ribs as well weren't the best. And he was older, so yeah. And so we said to the, to the family, we said, um, uh, what did we say? I can't remember how, how we brought it up, but we were like, right, we want to, we went and saw the bike. The bike was absolutely fine. Like, badass, absolutely fine. So we were like, right, we're not going to be riding the bike, obviously, so we would like to give the bike to the family, you know? And they were like, oh, no way. So they were loving it, which is, which is nice. We like that, you know? We, could, we potentially could have sold it, but ah, nah, just... Give it to the family, you know. It's a good seven million that they that they can use for hospital costs or whatever, you know. The guy's bike's probably ruined, so maybe he needs another one. Not that he should be riding that much, but yeah. So we give him the bike, which was nice. And eventually, eventually, 
after a day or so, we got our passports and we left. <laughs> the uh, stuff with my knee is still not finished, but I'll get onto, I'll get onto that. Okay. <sighs> this brings me on to, now this won't concern a lot of people, but I do want to say it. Uh, advice for biking. If you're thinking about biking in Asia or otherwise, here are some things just off the top of my head that you should consider. Always wear, <laughs> sounds like a public service announcement, uh, always wear the proper gear. In the motorbike community, we have a term called at-gat, which means all the gear, all the time. Right? Uh, which is fair. If you're popping down to the shops, I like the bike and the road and the person that's speeding and runs into you don't care if you're popping to the shops for five minutes or you're on a six-hour journey. They don't care, right? All the gear all the time, right? Uh, the leather jackets, mine is now completely ruined, obviously. It's completely ruined, but it gave its life for mine. You know, my arm would be significantly worse if I wasn't wearing a leather. I can't imagine what my knee would be like if I was wearing shorts, <laughs> you know? Like the helmets, even though our heads didn't hit the ground, which is lovely, but the helmets we were using, like, they would have been okay. The helmets that the, 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 helmet that the guy was using, not okay, right? Like, it costs a bit more. It's worth it, honestly. So do that. Uh, what else? When you're riding, always assume... Now, this is my fault. Always assume that the person in front of you, behind you, anywhere around you, is going to do something that you're not expecting. <laughs> Expect the unexpected, I suppose. Like, he was, he, he was going left, but then changed his mind. I should have already thought, that guy's going to change his mind and then go here. So I'm going to wait until he... Do you know what I mean? But when you're riding this much that leaves your head, you know? But you've got to keep it there because it will happen, you know? So it's like the hazard perception test if you've ever taken your driving license. It's that all the time, right? On a bike because you are invisible on a bike as well. So, yeah, just be careful on bikes, you know? I'm obviously still going to ride. Like, uh, when I can, as soon as I can bend my knee, I'm getting back on a bike. It's, yeah, nothing like that, but yeah. Uh, yeah, if you want any more bike advice... Ask me, because I know pretty much everything to do with... I've been riding a lot, yeah. Right, then we go to Ho Chi Minh. Ho Chi Minh's fun. <laughs> Went to the market a bunch. And yeah, we've all been to Ho Chi Minh. <laughs> I know some of you haven't. But uh, it's, it's a big city, man. And it's, like, it's way more open to capitalism than, than the north. But having said that, I prefer the south of Vietnam to the north. Uh, I don't know why. I just do. Maybe it's biking between each of the places. It's like picturesque. It's super nice. And oh, no, I love the food a lot more as well. In the south, it's so much nicer. But yeah. Anyway, how's your men? Cool. We then flew to Bali. <laughs> now we are in Bali. We stayed in Kuta for a bit, which is, you know, Kuta's Kuta. <laughs> it's like everyone here is Australian, basically. Like, if you see people in the street, or in a restaurant, or anything like that, 99% are Australian, and the other 1% is trying to sell the Australian stuff, you know? <laughs> but yeah, and now we are in Samanyak. Ah, we're back up to present day. Feels nice. We're in Samanyak. I am in, we got, we, uh, what's it called? Booked this ages before. But this is a lovely villa. It's like, we, we've been referring to it as the baller villa, because there is a, a big old pool here, which is ours. And it's got a couple of bedrooms, and it's just super nice, man. It really is. <laughs> it's super nice. Airbnb, I'm telling you. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's so much, so much. Okay. So last night we were just hanging out here by the pool, and what came first? What was it? Um, something came in here first. Uh, well, obviously there's cockroaches and stuff, and then I think a rat was around here, and then a cat just kind of waltzed in as they do, and then after that a bit longer, another cat, different cat, just came waltzing in like, all right, and just walked out the other side. We're like, yeah, all right, and then a, a dog. Got under our gate and then went to the like the kind of door bit, and he just there. He's just there. He stops. He looks at us, and then he just barks once, and then leaves. <laughs> so we're like, all right, okay. And then uh, and then all these lizards came in. There's like loads of lizards in the corner, and then this bat just flies through, just like you know, <laughs> like he's commuting, just flies through, and yeah. Loads of wildlife, man. I love it. I love it. I'm just waiting for the monkeys, you know? I'm sure I saw one, but I don't know. It could have been a cat. <laughs> anyway, we're in Bali. And we'll be here not for much longer. When I talk to you next, like, where are we? It's 25th right now. Where are we? November? When I talk to you next... No. Oh, that's October. Uh, 25th. Ooh, we'll be in England. We'll be in England when I talk to you next. Uh, Kat right now is out with her mate, Mari, who is Brazilian and she's from... No, she's from Brazil and she lives in Australia. She's out here, so that's super fun. And they've gone to Ubud, which is a place I didn't really enjoy in Bali all too much. Again, I don't really like Kuta either. Seminyak's okay. But for me, it's... Last time I was here, I stayed in a place called Gologa Charik, which is only just down the road, but it's completely different. I was the only white guy there, (laughs) you know? Uh, so yeah, Uber's not really my type of place. I've said about it before. There's a lot of kind of, <sighs> you know what I mean. <laughs> the big trousers. You know what I mean. Come on, you know what I mean. The parents' money. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> it's not my type of place. But they've gone to the uh, the monkey forest, which apparently is cool. I haven't been. But uh, So it's my work day today. And it means I get to record this as well, which is lovely. And uh, And yeah, that's where we are. Man. We should get on to some questions, shouldn't we? Let's cue the music, get on to some questions. Okay, if you would like to send in a question, it is Instagram at BackbackDigital. If you don't use Instagram, which you should, uh, it is email HaydenLeeMail, M-A-I-L, at gmail.com. I don't want to use that as much, so they tend to get a bit lost. But <laughs> Oh yeah, question of the day, question of the week, I forgot about that. So... Uh, the last question, I believe, was where would you like to be? Where are you now and where would you like to be? I think. <laughs> was that the question? I'm pretty sure it was. Hold on, I can find out. I can find out. I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, let's have a look. Here we go. Let's get the details. Give me the details, please. How do I see the details? I should know this. I work in podcasting. Uh, oh, no, that's me listening to my own show. Okay, give me that. There we go. There we go. Question of the week. Where are you now and where would you rather be? That was the question from last episode. Okay. So, we have an answer from Dan Stanley, friend of the show. He says, about the show question, did you mean physically or mentally? Interesting, interesting question. Physically, somewhere in Europe. The past two years, I've done Italy in November. Uh, I think I'd... Oh, the past two years have done Italy in November. Uh, I think I'd pick one or two areas to thoroughly enjoy instead of trying to see as much as possible. I do like that idea. Croatia would be nice too. Yes. And as I'm sure you've probably heard from everyone that you always ask, 
where is the best place in Europe? Everyone always says Croatia. Uh, Croatia would be nice too. I don't know why, but I want to see England in the winter. Yes, I'm so looking forward to going to England in the winter, man. Apparently, it's going to be the coldest winter in a hundred years, right? We're getting like Arctic wing winds and stuff, right? Anyway, continues. Mentally, I'm realizing that in order to face the world with a smile, I have to take the gun out of my mouth. Man, I love a metaphor. Here's hoping you read the questions first. There we go. <laughs> uh, that's me. That's me trying to smile, he says. And he sends a picture. Psych myself up thinking that I was smiling to you. <laughs> Man, you need to work on that smile. Let's get that going. Yeah. Man, that, uh, that's an interesting metaphor. Metaphor? Analogy? I don't know. But, hmm. Where are we? Facing the world with a smile. That is something... It's something that, that's difficult to do depending on the circumstances. If you have circumstances that don't warrant a smile, it's very difficult to fake one. Although having said that, if you... And this, this goes to people with anxiety and, and like panic disorders and stuff like that. Uh, if you Here's a trick. Ah, yeah, this ties in with travel. Here's a trick. I'm going off this topic so much, but here's a trick about uh, a fear of flying, right? So you've probably heard me say before that excitement and anxiety are the same feeling, but you you... You put different things in your brain towards it, different motives and different things, you know. I'm feeling anxious and I'm feeling excited, the same thing, you know. Uh, and so when the plane is taking off, I think this is how I combated my fear of flying and now I love, fear, love flying. Right? This was years ago. As it's taking off, force yourself to smile. And force yourself to think things like, this is amazing, this is so cool. Look at the, look at the plane going off the ground. This, is ama- this engineering is crazy, look at this. How cool is this? And just smiling through it. Honestly, it works. You're going to look a bit weird, but that's fine. And looking out the window also helps me as well. But yeah, that is, maybe there's an analogy in there somewhere, you know? But I don't know. It might be the same as uh, confidence as well. When I, th- this is, this is, putting happiness in a and smiling in such a a weird way to say it's such a small way to say about it you know but uh, when thinking about confidence and stuff if you're faking being confident you are being confident you know that's how it works I I think I was like 14 or 15 when I was like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fake being like the most confident guy ever and then through that it just happens you know and so I don't know does fake it till you make it work with happiness maybe not because maybe your circumstances still have to change. But like an antidepressant, could it be the thing that lifts you up to a place where you can facilitate the change? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Interesting thoughts, man. Very interesting thoughts. Always fun listening to what Dan Stanley has to say, man. Always fun. Right. Oh, let's do the, um, what's it called? Question of the week for this week. And it's going to be a really easy one. So after this crash and stuff, I've had a lot of advice. <laughs> You've heard my advice about biking and stuff like that. That's my advice. Okay. This question, question of the week, is, and it's, it's, it's a very simple one, what advice would you give to a first-time traveler? Now, there's, I know it's a massive question, very general, but what I'd also like is if it comes with a reason why this advice is personal to you, you know? For example, if, uh, if it's like, pack three different cards and put them in three different places. You know, if, if you, for example, you had like one wallet or bag with, <laughs> you know, all of your valuables, <laughs> your Fabergé egg, your wallet, your passports and everything, and then it got stolen, you know. So something like that, something with a story attached would be cool. That would be very cool. But yeah, mine would be, 
wear the correct gear when biking and be cool. <laughs> you know, even if you're just hiring a bike in Bali, in Kuta, and you're just going down to the beach every day and it's just a five minute drive and you're not even going to be going that fast. Be cool, man. Wear some jeans. Like, yeah, it's going to be hot, but take them off when you get there. Honestly, man, it's not worth it. The amount of people, like we went to the hospital, oh, I didn't even tell you that bit yet. Oh, okay. We're still in question time, but I've completely forgot a bit. So in Bali, oh man, this is well important. So, we, okay, everyone knows the question for next week. Okay. <laughs> this is, uh, we got to Bali and then uh, we went to the uh, hospital because uh, Kat was having some pain and stuff. Went to the hospital and... Uh, and then uh, they looked at me, I said, oh, check out this knee. How's it looking to you? I need to get my stitches out at some point. And he looks at it, he goes, oh, no. I was like, what do you mean? He goes, yeah, nah. He goes, we need to sort that out. <laughs> I said, what do you mean, son? He goes, yeah, nah. Uh, go in there, we'll, we'll sort you out. Go into the surgery bit. Well, oh, surgery again. All right, so <laughs> they take me into this other room. Okay. <sighs> I don't like to relive this. All right, <laughs> okay. And... Uh, so by this time, it's still very tender, right? very tender, my knee. And, uh, and it's all scabbed over, okay? Scabbed over, very tender, weeping slightly. Okay, lovely. And, and he goes, right, let's get to work. I don't know, I think, I think they're just getting the stitches out, right? He goes, nah, we need to take all this, all this scabbing off first, right? Which you'd think, taking off a scab's lovely. It is lovely, isn't it? You know? Especially if it all comes off in, oh, yeah. But not the case, because it was so painful. <laughs> and uh, infected was the problem. It was infected. Okay. So he had to take the whole thing off. The way he did it was not fun. Uh, so first thing he did was he, uh, he covered it in all this liquid. I don't know what it was. Cleaned it and stuff. And so now all the scab is all, um, <laughs> uh, like, not porous. What's the, what's the word? like soft, right? And then he got his tweezers out and he was just tweezering it off. And he took the first layer off, right? Fine. Oh, man. And then underneath the scab, right? All the skin underneath there, all very wet, you know, with blood and whatnot. Uh, it was all dead. Necrosis, right? So it was all dead skin, right? So, <laughs> so he had to get his tweezers, not the tool I would have used, right? Get his tweezers and underneath the scab, so, so tender, right? Cold as well. They're always cold. He had to then scrape. <laughs> oh, my open wound. He scraped it <laughs> with his tweezers. Oh. And then he had to like tweeze these bits of skin, cut the skin off in there. So we got this scissors in there. He's pulling this, this dead skin in, in my open wound and just cutting and just scraping. And he had to scrape off all the dead skin. Oh God, it was not fun. It was not fun at all. It took way too long. It's about half an hour. Again, why won't ever anyone give me some anesthetic? Please, just a painkiller. I'll take a paracetamol. No, nothing. <laughs> so... Oh man, that was not fun. I hated every moment. And so now uh, my leg is uh, wrapped up again and I'm now uh, putting, it's pretty open, but he took, oh, he took the stitches out as well. Uh, so now I'm putting antibiotic cream on it every whatever and, you know, doing whatever. I don't know. It'd be fine. It'd be <laughs> obviously not because he got infected last time. But it'd be fine. Don't worry about it, right? 
Okay, so let's go on to some more questions. <laughs> this one is from Jenny Reed 99 friend of the show. She says, hi, Lee. Hello. Good to have you back. Good to be back. And welcome, Kat. I thank, thank you on her behalf. It's with a C, by the way. It's short for Katarini, C-A-T-H-A-R-I-N-E. I see you're in Hoi An. We were. A uh, bit posh and touristy. Yes. That's exactly what I said. Yes. Uh, I was there this summer on a Honda Wave. Interesting. Interestingly, Honda Wave was the... Uh, this is me talking now. Honda Wave was the bike that I did Vietnam on last time. Lovely bike, Honda Wave. Lovely bike. Uh, uh, and drove, she continues, from there across Vietnam and Laos to Don Det in the 4,000 Islands. I ended giving Bessie, me bike, to Mr. Foa, pictured with one of his grandkids. It is a nice picture. Uh, I'd got about 4,000 kilometers out of her and heard it was a hassle to get a bike in Cambodia. I've heard that too. Uh, he was the happiest man in Laos and it felt so good to be able to help somehow. Have fun on the rest of your journey. So happy you're back. I was running out of good podcasts. It was good to be back. And yeah, that is another thing. If you, like, the only reason I sell my bike at the end is because I like that. It's like, a, for me, it's like a Top Gear challenge, you know? It's like, buy the bike for this much and then ride the bike and then sell it for more at the end. It's like a challenge for me, you know? But also, if you don't really like that challenge aspect of it, you can just give it away at the end, you know? That is cool. I like that, man. I like that. All right, let's get on to next. There's a dog in the background. Can you hear it? All right. This is from... Oh, I always have trouble with your name. Sorry, man. I can do this. Fa, oh, okay. Fano... F, oh, no. I remember. Fano Rathogva. I think that was a bit too much Indian, wasn't it? The, with the W at the end. Fano Rathogva. That was all right, wasn't it? Anyway, who knows? You know. <laughs> he continues... Thanks for another great episode. Thank you for listening. I'd forgotten to tell you, I've gone from being fully cubed. For those of you that don't know, cubed is... I'm going to go in this room where there isn't a dog. Uh, for those of you who don't know, cubed is where you're in a... Uh, what's it called? Job. And you're in a cubicle, potentially in a cubicle, but it doesn't have to be in a cubicle. I've gone from being fully cubed to... Drum rolls, please. And then he <laughs> puts a drum roll noise, which is... A bunch of K's and a bunch of R's. I think that's about right, yeah. One day in the cube. Man, killing it. Fano is now one day in the cube. Uh, like, from being fully cubed. That's amazing. And four days at home since May. I also opened an online pet supply Shopify store, which never made a cent in two months, and I've parked it. This just goes to show that we can do much more of what we're passionate about when we choose when and where we work to pay for the bills and bread. Yes. Thanks to you, Rockstar. Well, thank you very much. Uh, great comeback with your madam. <laughs> she has a great perspective on life. She does. Enjoy Vietnam. Cheers. Man, success story. You're so right. You're so right. When we have the time, when we have the brain space to think about the stuff that we want to think about, that's when we can truly do the things that we want to do, you know? Because how hard is it to do stuff when it's like you're working six days a week? I've been, I've, man, I've been there, honestly. We used to work six, sometimes seven days a week, 14-hour days, easy, easy, man. And when you do that, you come home, you sleep, you go back to work. And when in there can you record a podcast? You know, I mean, obviously you can. But when do you want to? You know, that's the thing. Yeah, you can. Gary Vaynerchuk will tell you, yes, you can. Of course you can. Just wake up earlier. You can do more things. But when do you want to? You know? <laughs> so 
You're absolutely right, man. So I guess the thing to take away from that is if you can give yourself that time somehow. Maybe it is waking up earlier. Maybe you only work six hours a day. Maybe you can wake up two hours early and spend that two hours doing something. I don't know. Maybe you don't have much time. Maybe you can negotiate a one work from home day, you know? But that is a success story, man. And I love it. Thank you for sending that, man. This next one is from Jack Watson, 1996. He says, hey, how's it going? going great thank you it's great to hear the podcast again thank you very much right now i'm living in barcelona and working as an au pair during the week i recommend it as a way to travel for anyone looking to live somewhere and really experience a new place oh this is the answer to the question where are you now and where do you want to be uh so yeah i've heard that a lot about au pairing can you say that uh yeah it's basically well you've heard you, you all know what au pairing is it's going somewhere and it's being there and it's doing stuff <laughs> I don't want to ramble on about stuff. Yeah. Anyway, where I want to be, he says, I do the exact trip you're doing right now in Vietnam and listening to your updates makes me desperate to return and do it all over again. I assume you traveled on the High Van Pass. Yes, I did. Between Hue and Hoi An, that and the many kilometers of beautiful Ho Chi Minh Trail was incredible. I'm hoping to continue saving and go to Colombia and India next year. Love the show. Without it, I'd be well and truly cubed. Go well. Hell yeah, man. I love it. Man, this is making my day so much better. My knee still hurts, but that's fine. Ah, good to hear, man. Super good to hear. This is what can happen when you uncube yourself. (laughs) I'm sure you guys know that. Yeah, awesome to hear that, man. Thank you for the response. Uh, Scott, this is a shorty. Scott Bingham says, long time listener to your excellent podcast. Well, thank you very much. Sorry to hear about your accident. Best wishes. Ah, isn't that kind? Thank you, man. I will accept your wishes, the best of them. Right. This is from RLP David. He says, Hey, man. A follower here from the Philippines. Oh, no way. I'm in your time zone right now. Uh, I started listening to your podcast last year when I was still in the US. And to be honest, stop listening to ah, to any podcast, not just you. Thank you very much. Because I went traveling. Hey, uh, happy to hear you had a good blast in Vietnam. Just wanted to share that I bought a motorbike. Hey, it's all... I love it when the episode comes together. Uh, I bought a motorbike here in the Philippines because I got inspired by your travels in Europe last year. If you ever plan to visit, let me know. Would love to give you some tips here. Have a great one and safe riding. Oh, ironic. Uh, <laughs> oh, you jinxed me <laughs> yeah man uh, I don't know when we'll be in the Philippines We've, we're already booked to go back to England now but we will be back there I do have um, there's someone that works with our company and uh, she's in the Philippines it'd be nice to go out there and see her so yeah definitely we'll be there we'll definitely be there so for sure stay in touch and it's awesome that you got the bike and please heed my advice and i know it's different when you're from the philippines or vietnam or bali and you live here and it and everyone rides the same. but get yourself a good and you probably have already get yourself a good helmet the ones that we the, the ones that, that are typical around this part of the world they are good for one thing and that is holding your brains when they fall out of your head so please get yourself a good helmet Right, we'll have this one as the last one. This is Paul Cheatham. He says, May I first say, I love it already, what a great podcast you've got. I've been listening for about two years and have enjoyed listening. Hold on. 
thought there was someone entering my house, but there's not. Uh, I'll give this my full attention. I do apologize. I've been listening for about two years and I've enjoyed listening to all your antics. Well, thank you. My son is going traveling around Australia from mid-February. He's going with three friends who are going for three months, but he's staying out for 12 initially on a work visa, probably the working holiday, I'd imagine, and then playing it by ear. I did the same thing myself. Uh, for the first three months, they're traveling around doing the camper van thing. I would imagine they're with, what are they called? What are those colorful ones? Juicy campers. Uh, where are we? Uh, camper van thing and staying in hostels. You do have to do that. That is, that's the way to do it, especially Australia. That is the way to do it. <laughs> so that's great. Uh, but when they return to England, he is staying in Melbourne. Is this guy me? Anyway, uh, can you... Uh, yeah, Melbourne's the best city in the world. In fact, I said that last night. Uh, can you please recommend any travel must-have accessories that he should take with him? He's not a techie, so we'll not have things like cameras and iPads, but he does have an iPhone, so we'll take pics on that. I've suggested things like Leatherman, Microfiber Towel. Uh, the only reason I'm laughing is because like, I was sensing a generational gap. The Leatherman conferred it, confirmed it, right? Uh, I'm, in Le- I'm a Leatherman man as well. Uh, microfiber towel, scrunchable water bottle, etc. Can you please suggest, as a long-time traveler, what you would take and what things you started off with and then ditched due to not using and things you wished you'd taken? That is a great question, man. Great question. Okay, so let's do it as lists. Where are we? Um, what, uh, as a long-time traveler, what you would take and then what things you started off with. Okay, started off with and ditched. Let's go with that. Uh, I remember taking with me a spork uh, that had a knife on the other end. So it was a... S- uh, <laughs> yeah, sporf. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> never used it. Never used it. Because uh, in reality... There are utensils everywhere. It's fine. Uh, Cameras. I know that some people do take cameras, but realistically, the cameras on phones nowadays, you don't need another camera. I know that people with DSLRs will say, actually, you're wrong because I take professional-looking photos, and that's fine. If you do want to take professional-looking photos, take yourself a DSLR. Absolutely fine. Even though, I mean, let's talk iPhone 11 Pro. Camera's pretty badass, right? (laughs) So don't worry about a camera. Fine. Uh... Having said that, when I was going around Europe, a knife, a knife is, I I mean, there was at some point in Europe, I used it every day, you know, a good few months, I would use it every day for certain types of things, you know, a knife is always handy. And obviously it's handy if you, you know, that's not a knife, this is a knife. It's always handy to have a knife in case you meet Crocodile Dundee, you know what I'm saying? So a knife, I would recommend a knife. A Leatherman's good, uh, but... I've also gone the Leatherman route myself uh, and for for, for non-Leatherman users think Swiss army knife I suppose Uh, it's good but uh, probably wouldn't use it that much you know Uh, but a knife a better knife do you know what I mean Uh, like a like a single purpose thing would be better a better knife than what am I trying to say do you know what I mean (laughs) like you've got a Leatherman and it's good and it's got all these different things it's the jack of all trades, but the master of none. There we go. Got there in the end. But the knife is the master of being a knife. Okay, knife. <laughs> take a knife. And then uh, what else? What else did I take? A water purifier. Depending on the travel you're doing, you probably won't need it as much as you think. Again, when it comes to water, if they're in a camper van, uh, 
It's one of those things where they'll probably fill it up at the start and then never use it. But having said that, it's kind of nice to have extra water if you're in a camper van, especially if you're going around Australia, you get caught in the outback. We've all seen in between us too. Uh, if you get caught in the outback and then you, you break down and you don't know where you are and there's no people, I've been there myself, nice to have some water. Uh, but having said that, you could just buy a big bottle of water. You, you don't need a giant, you know what I mean? You could just buy a big bottle of water and put, and put it in the back of your camper van, which you should do anyway because, because camper vans need water in order to continue being a camper van. So you should always have water anyway. So I wouldn't recommend taking one because, again, just buy a big bottle, fine. Uh, so the, the thing always... I'm not even holding the mic even almost close to my face. Uh, so the thing is always a lot of people on the first time it's kind of like a rite of passage to take too much, you know? Like, in Vietnam, we saw it a lot. People with the giant backpacks. I mean, I mean, this is in my opinion as well, you know? Like, I think 40 liters is too much. Uh, I think 20 liters is too much. <laughs> uh, for Americans, I don't know liters. Uh, I don't know how much that is, so sorry. Um, just look it up. But <laughs> 15 liters is what I take, and that's all I need. That's legit. That's true as well. That's legitimately all I have. But that actually no I'm different I didn't really start with a big giant one but some people start with the 80 liters and then after the first year of travel they're down to like 20 liters but I think that's kind of a rite of passage you know that's just what you do so I would say maybe it's allow them to not make those mistakes but allow them to go through that rite of passage because it is kind of fun and it's incredibly fun buying those things man Leatherman shopping is there anything better uh, so yeah <laughs> That's a good question for the listeners as well, actually. What things have you taken but not used? What things do you think are essential? This could go with your travel advice, which is the question of the week. Um, so what else have we got? Microfiber towel. Yes, towel I did use because if you're staying in hostels and stuff, you will need a towel. Uh, one of those little ones, you can pack it up to, let's say, four packs of cards, something like that. Uh, maybe a bit less. But yeah, little one that you can pack nicely. So yes, towel, good call. Uh, what else? Uh, apart from that, you'll be all right. The phone acts as so many things it's your maps you know it's your camera it's your torch it's so many things man so i would recommend uh i'd recommend getting a good phone you know iphones are for the most part very good after let's say after 6s i'd say and then you'd be all right but yeah phone that's a must have everything else is kind of okay what do i have i mean i know this is a long answer to a short question but what do i have I have my phone, I've got this microphone, I've got clothes, uh, I've got all my wires for my computer, which I have. I only have that because I have to do work. Uh, clothes, wires, that, that's cables, I mean, not wires. What else do I have? Oh, toiletry bag. That's it. That's all I have. I don't mean just traveling, that's all I have in the world. That and a motorbike. And that's all you need. <laughs> so maybe I'm the wrong person to ask. <laughs> but... It's fun packing too much and then realizing you don't need it. So, yeah, that'd be fun. Anyway, this has gone on for too long. <laughs> so shall we? Uh, it's good to be back again. And next week we will be in England, which will be fun. And as you noticed, we started some advertising, which is nice. And thank you for bearing with me during that. It's nice to, to get some spoils from the podcast. It's, I mean, come on. We've been a fair, what, four years, no advertisements. It's fair, isn't it? So, yeah, thank you very much for listening. And uh, Instagram at Backpack Digital. Let me know what you're thinking. Question of the week, etc. Really bad at signing off. My knee hurts. I've got to stop stubbing my toe. 
and probably stop pacing as well. <laughs> Have a good one, guys.